No need to sit in the back. Hello, Stokers. Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you all for calming down. Oh, hey. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Dermot. No, we're in great shape. Um, good morning, gatherers. We have some great announcements this morning. Um, if you'd look on your bulletins, you can follow along. Um, you'll see absent from this week's announcement is men's group. There is no men's Bible study this week, so we'll keep you posted on the future. Uh, ladies' Bible study is actually going to be at Jess Mark's house um, Wednesday at 6.30. Um, if you'd like to get more information on women's group or directions or anything like that, you can contact Karen Kelly, and her email's on the bulletin, kkelly6 at gmail.com. Also, um, this Thursday is the second Thursday of an even month, which means we will be helping to provide dinner at SOS. That's a local homeless ministry that um, we've partnered with uh, Calvary Chapel to uh, um, provide a meal for homeless people and then a Bible study as well. So if that's something that you could help out with, um, June, what time is it? Krista, what time is it? 6.30 and 6 if you'd like to help. Um, contact June or Krista, and there's also a sign-up sheet going around if you'd like to help out with that. And, um, oh, also, of course, if you'd like a Bible, there are these ESV study Bibles in the back. Um, if you, If you'd like one, you can either donate $10 just in the box, or if you're poor, take one. Um, God's word is free and freeing. Um, ugh, that's terrible. But um, pick up one of those. Um, and, and please follow along with me, either in your Bible or on the back of the bulletin. I'm going to read some of the Proverbs that Brian's going to go through today. Actually, you should probably be on the back of your bulletin unless you're super fast uh, navigating the Proverbs. But I'm not going to read all the references. I'm just going to go through um, and read the words, and, the, and then we'll pray together. So probably on the back of your bulletin. Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive, that you may gain insight. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Listen to your father who gave you life, 
and do not despise your mother when she is old. Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you this morning. We thank you for your word that you've given us. We thank you for this church. And we ask that your spirit would come down and fill our hearts as we listen to Brian speak today. Make us wise. Bring us closer to you. Jesus, make us more like you. Because that's what we desire. Um, Jesus, please be with Brian. Um, bless his words. Uh, bless your truth. That he would be bold and deliver them with conviction. Um, God, I pray that you'd be with us all today and that we would do your work um, and not our own. And that we would work to um, live wise lives that are right in your eyes and build your kingdom. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and uh, if this is your first time, I just want to say hello and, and welcome. Glad you are here. Um, we've got a couple more Sundays on our summer series going through Proverbs, and this morning um, we are going to talk about parenting. We are going to talk about the relationship between parents and children and then the relationship between children and adults. When, uh, when Karen and I got married, we were uh, mid-late 20s, and the process of going from being single to getting married, I think for us, it, it was just really, honestly, it was fun. We, we just enjoyed it. And the process of going from being married to having children, that revealed things in my heart that I had not seen before. And basically what it revealed was layers of selfishness, layers of self-centeredness that had never been exposed before, but through having a family uh, revealed itself. Having one child was fun. I could still go surf pretty much as much as I wanted because Karen was a very sweet wife and be home with Chase. Two was fun. We could both take turns, each have one. Three revealed deeper layers of my own <laughs> self-awareness. And so this morning, um, we are going to look at the book of Proverbs and look for help. All right, so if you have kids, you, you know the struggle the challenge that it is to be you know, a wise parent. I'm just going to ask, will you just do me one quick favor? If you've raised your kids and your kids are out of the home, you're, you're done, you've completed that task, would you just stand up for like one second? If you've raised your kids and they're out of the house. One, two, three. Wait, wait. Okay, stand up for like three seconds. Three seconds. Come on, Deanne. One more second. Okay, so if you look around our church, congratulations, yes. We honor you. Yes. So if I say anything that's confusing or feels completely wrong, you can go ask the people who have successfully completed the mission. I, um, I think as many, as, as many of you know that I am also a school teacher and I've been a teacher for many years now and, and my wife as well. 
And, um, you know, along with <clears throat> having three boys, uh, you know, as they're getting older, you see just the struggle that it is to be a parent. And I was, I was listening to someone uh, give a message this week, and he made the comment that half of all parents are below average. <laughs> and you can't argue with that if you can think clearly. And so I don't know where I stand, but what I'm honestly saying to you, you know, the other kind of like frightening thing to that in our Malibu, West LA culture is that half of all kids are below average too. So that like totally ruins your morning that your kid might be below average. Well, half of them are. So you'll be okay though, because mine probably are too in some areas. But um, if there's anything that I want to communicate this morning, it's that, that we, need, we need each other, that there needs to be communication, that there needs to be um, a humility, that parenting is not a competition, it's not a contest, and that as you get into it more and more, you see um, how difficult it is and how challenging it, it is. And so my my first inclination, my first thoughts are always to go to God's Word, and this morning we're, um, we'll be looking at the book of Proverbs to help give us some insight on how to be better parents, but then also I will speak to all of us adult children and how we relate to our parents. So half of the sermon will be about being a better parent, our responsibility, and the second part will be about how we as adult children relate to our parents. Um, as I'm thinking through this, often parents make one of uh, two mistakes, two extremes that lead to um, crazy, nutty little children. Well, that's not even a very nice way to say it. Um, maybe broken children, maybe hurting children, all kinds of mistakes. And those two extremes are, one, is that parents view their children as an inconvenience. That while, yes, it was fun at first, and this sweet little child came home from the hospital, and it was great, and then reality became a part of your life, and parents just view their kids as a bother. And it's, it's a tremendous problem. And, we can hire, and you can fake it all kinds of ways. You can hire help. You can bring in people. You can buy toys. But you will make a fatal flaw the beginning point of being a parent is if you view your kids as an inconvenience, you're setting yourself up for a long, hard road. And I'll be honest with you, maybe not daily, but weekly, I think of my kids as an inconvenience. Right in the middle of a project, right in the middle of trying to accomplish something, right in the middle of trying to accomplish something that I feel is so important, Dad, I want some chocolate milk. I'm right in the middle of doing this really important thing. And so there has to be an attitude of humility as parents that kids, having a family, it will reveal, it will open up spots in your hearts to show true layers of self-centeredness. And if you want to be an effective parent, you have to get beyond that and understand that. Another mistake <clears throat> the parents put on their kids is that their kids are the ultimate in their lives. Controlling parents who view their kids as the ultimate. That must be successful in everything they do, high academic standards, high athletic standards, 
high extracurricular standards, and they put an unrealistic pressure on their kids who are driven to succeed at a young age, who deal with pressure that kids should not be dealing with, and it creates, it creates broken children at a young age. And so we want to, and I believe the book of Proverbs gives us guidance on avoiding both extremes. Just viewing our kids as an inconvenience or viewing our kids as the ultimate. And that they are little mini-me's that they must even reach a higher standard than I did. I was thinking through, and I think our family is fairly normal, fairly regular, probably similar to yours, but I was thinking through all the things we did besides school this year. There was football teams, there was volleyball teams, there were three basketball teams, there were four volleyball or four baseball teams, junior lifeguards, and just thing after thing after thing after thing besides school and homework that makes life difficult. And so the starting point we have to understand, and for all of you that don't have families yet, it will come, and you will need help navigating life. And so here's what we're going to do. Just because I've won sermon to talk about um, what people write books about. I'm going to give you the one main thing that Proverbs says about being a parent. One main thing, lots of things it talks about, but the one main thing is that the primary responsibility of parents is to teach your children to be wise. The primary responsibility is to teach your children to be wise. And so defining that means this, and we all need to be reminded of this, but parents, you are in charge. You are the authority. You have the God-given responsibility to exercise authority over your children. You must remind yourself of that. You must reinforce that in your life, that you have the responsibility to be the authority. You are the final voice. And parents make so many mistakes of negotiating with their children. Do not, do not make the mistake of, at a very early age of creating this, this environment in your home where it's all about negotiation. Parents need to be encouraged, affirmed that they have the authority. It is not... Uh, your wife made dinner and the kids don't like it and, and parents say, oh, okay, I'll make you something else. I don't like that. Oh, okay, I'll make you something else. Listen, you're creating a self-centered, sweet little beast that will turn into something very ugly that, when he gets older, when he or she gets older. And what happens, I think, sometimes trying to define parenthood is we, we make the mistake of trying to be friends with our children and not the parent. Parents need to view themselves as the authority. And let me, here is a passage, we're going to move outside of Proverbs for just a moment, but it's, as a parent, future parents, this is one that you must, uh, you must underline or must have as a part of your arsenal of being a good parent. This is from the Pentateuch, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Foundational truth for the nation of Israel. When Israel was being established, Moses wrote this down to all parents and said this, And these words that I command to you today shall be on your heart. So parents, these are the words that need to be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. 
You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Well, what should you write, parents? You should write this. Verse 4 says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. To be a parent means that you have the God-given responsibility to be the authority with your children in the routine of life. Not just when things are going well or just when things are going bad, but the, the, the routine of life as... Moses wrote in Deuteronomy that you are the authority in their lives. Ephesians chapter 6 gives the same advice. Parents, raise up your children in the way of the Lord. Teach them. Train them. Parents are stewards of their children. Children belong to the Lord, but parents are stewards and have that responsibility to raise their kids in the ways of the Lord. So, the primary responsibility is to teach our children to be wise. And we define that by saying that in every area of your life, the routine of life, teach your children to listen to you, to accept the words you have to say. There are, um, there are certain moments as your family grows and matures when you will deeply appreciate having established early on the relationship where your kids will listen to you. If you start that early on, if you end the negotiating, if you end the bribes, if you end the games and instruct them and I'll elaborate more on this later, but with the right kind of parental, loving, delightful attitude, when your kids get older, they will listen to you. And that's how you instill wisdom. So it is the responsibility of parents to view themselves as the authority. I was reading this week um, uh, an author named Paul Tripp. If you have not heard of him, um, he is a great resource on parenting as well as other things. But he wrote a book called Shepherding a Child's Heart, which is a great resource. And he talks about two key components to being the effective parent, to instilling wisdom in the life of a child. And he says two things. Number one is communication. And number two is discipline. So the primary way that you teach your child to be wise is communication and discipline. Communication and discipline. Proverbs 18, verse 2 says this, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. So, teaching our children to listen to parental instruction. So, just a couple of helpful insights with us. When we talk about raising our kids, teaching them to be wise, and when we talk about communication, we're talking about dialogue, not monologue. And some of you, depending on your parental style, like to do monologue. Nice, long talks of instruction to your children. But Proverbs says, you want to be a wise parent? Listen to your children. 
ask them about their day. Ask them about certain parts of their day, of why it was good or why it was hard or what was beneficial about it. The Bible gives lots of support for developing that kind of relationship. God designed our families to be close, to have a sense of intimacy within the home. And if you want to develop some sense of intimacy in your home, there must be dialogue between parents and children. The goal is to understand your kids. It's not behavior modification. Listen, my goal as a parent is never to raise nice little boys. It's not about raising nice children. It's not about raising kids who, who have an emphasis on behavior modification. You want to deal with the core issues of the heart. Behavior always reflects what's going on in a child's heart. And just to, if you, just to remind you, even from a teacher's perspective, as your kids get older, life gets more and more confusing. Life gets hard. Kids have questions. And taking the time to, to talk to your kids builds um, a level of trust, builds intimacy, builds community within your home. So, dialogue with your children. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5 says this, The purpose of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. Draw out the things, the golden, the beautiful, deep things within the lives of your children. Ask them why questions. Not just yes and no questions, but things that are about drawing out interest in the lives of your kid. Types of communication. If you'd like to take notes, here's four things that Paul Tripp mentions that will help you in your relationship with your kid, your child, before we deal with discipline. So number one, types of communication that are key. Number one is encouragement. Encourage your child. Proverbs 12.25 says this, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. Life gets... One of the benefits you have as an adult is this. Children can take small life experiences and over-exaggerate them to where it has a, an element of their self-worth. And here's, let me give you an example. In Little League this year, uh, my oldest boy um, did pretty well and was asked to be on this, an, an all-star team made the, an all-star team, and played at this higher level, and, and had two home runs, like, crushed against him. Like, like, it was pretty amazing. Like, it was really impressive. I was like, wow, this guy hit the ball really hard. Home run, over the fence, jogging. That was fun. Next guy, clean, hard base hit. Next guy, home run over the fence. And, um, and the coach finally pulled him. And the demeanor of my son was like the world was over. Like, there was, um, there was just a, a sadness, and, and, and then I can come in as a dad and say, you know what? Big league pitchers have the same thing. You have a perspective on life. So all I'm trying to say to you is that flunking a little quiz in seventh grade that's worth five points can be deeply disturbing to a child. And you can say, hey, you know what? 
It's not that big of a deal. It's going to be okay. And we can all have things like that. Even as adults, we can have things like that in our our lives where you lose perspective. Parents, you've got to encourage your children. You've got to strengthen them. You've got to build them up. Number two, you've got to rebuke them. Proverbs 17.10 says this, a rebuke goes deep into a man of understanding. An example. My children never do anything like this. But they say, but they'll say something. And I will say to them, and this is an example of a, rebu- of a rebuke, it is wrong for you to speak that way. There are time, there is a time and a place where your children, my children, need a strong word of rebuke. That it is wrong. One of the most important things you need to do as a parent is teach your children what is right and what is wrong. If you want to do what Proverbs says and train and raise up your kids to know wisdom, you've got to teach them right and wrong. There are some things that are just wrong to say. And kids left to themselves lose sight of that. Parents, you need to teach what is right and wrong. And sometimes there's a place for a rebuke. Okay, so encouragement, rebuke. Next, we need instruction. You need to teach your kids. You need to teach them life lessons. Proverbs 4, chapter 1 says this, referring to the father-son relationship. He taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast to my words. Keep my commandments and live. Teach your children life lessons. And it can happen in so many ways. And hopefully, if you're smart and wise parents, you do fun things with your kids and you teach them lifelong, true lifelong lessons while you're having fun together. Having um, my son give up home run after home run, base hit after base hit, provided an opportunity to talk about perseverance. One of the most important things in your life, this is like the the eight-second version of it, life is filled with challenges. You are not going to succeed all the time. One of the most important qualities you can have as a young man is perseverance of not giving up. Even when life doesn't go just the way you want, develop an internal fortitude of perseverance. That, that's something that, could, that can happen in a dugout that took 15 seconds. So have fun with your kids, but teach them lessons. Invest in them. It's a worthwhile investment. Number two, or excuse me, number four. Fourth type of communication is warning. Warning your kids, as Proverbs said, the example, warning your kids about laziness. The hand of the, of the diligent, um, uh, excuse me, Proverbs 12, 24 talks about the hand of the diligent versus the hand of the slothful person. Warn your children about dangerous, dangerous choices, dangerous lifestyle. Parents need to warn their kids. Pride goes before destruction. Hey, have some humility in your life, son. Have some humility in your life, sweet little daughter. Live with humility. So, if you want to instill wisdom in your kids, communication is essential. Encouragement, rebuke, instruction, warning, and maybe most importantly is pray with your kids. Make the habit 
every morning, every night, whatever fits your family, praying with your children. Husband, wife, pray with your children. Almost always, regularly, Karen will put the boys to bed and I'll be in the office doing something else and she'll say, the boys are going to bed, let's come and pray as a family. And we, not every night, but pretty close, we always want to pray together. We want to go to bed together and pray as a family. If you want to raise wise children, reinforce communication with God, with prayer. So, the first part of being a wise parent is communication. Number two, quickly, is discipline. Yes, children left to themselves will run amok. They will find themselves, I don't know how, and I was thinking about my own life, just kids just find problems. You find, I don't know, maybe it's boys, I don't know, but I, I distinctly remember, and this is horrible, but I remember the first time, like, and I'm not a pyromaniac, I promise, but I remember finding matches. I must have been like three or four, and like lighting a match and going, oh, this is neat, and seeing what a flame, and then holding it, and then like, oh, it burns me. And I was sitting in my, my parents' friend's car. He had just bought like a completely restored Corvette, like a 1960-something Corvette, and I'm sitting in it, looking at it, and I found matches in it. That's what he gets for leaving matches in his car, and lighting matches, and then like flicking them in the car. Like, who does that? Well, you know who does that? Little boys that saw fire and played with matches. Boys always tend towards destruction, okay? So, and here's the thing. Here, here's the scientific and the non-scientific argument. Okay, as a classroom teacher, kids by themselves just don't, well, I should say most. There are a few exceptions, but most, <laughs> if you just leave the classroom alone, it turns to chaos. It's almost always, not always, but often led by boys being crazy and silly and running amok. So, discipline, discipline is a foundational part of being a good parent. So, again, Deuteronomy chapter 6, we read that, we won't do it again. Is, is foundational. All right? Here's some help now. This is um, from the book of James. The New Testament version of Proverbs says this. Anger has no place in discipline. Dads, dads, anger has no place in discipline. Here's how dads screw up. Kids do something wrong. They don't put the tools back where they should be. They get angry. Something else happens later in the day and this little pileup of things and dads get angry and they discipline in anger. Do not discipline your kids in anger. James chapter 1 verse 19 says this. Take note of this. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Moms and dads, do not discipline in anger. You want to, if we want to be honest and real about this, you know how hard this is? I mean, if you, are, if you are without children yet, we're just being honest with you, it is very difficult. There are times when, when, when moms have babies at home and it's a lonely, hard world and changing diapers and you've got a three-year-old that's being sassy and to not, to not be angry Talk about needing the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to function, to live life well, as the book of Proverbs encourages us. Anger has no place in discipline. 
Discipline always has to be an expression of love. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 3, verse 12 says this, The Lord reproves him who he loves as a father the son in whom he delights. You must have the attitude that discipline is always done in love. But you must discipline. It doesn't matter how sweet and innocent and fun they seem. Parents need to do the job of disciplining their children to raise them up to be wise. Revelation chapter 3 has a similar theme. Those whom I love, I rebuke, I discipline. We all need to have that kind of structure in our life. Parents need to live consistent lives. Parents need to delight in their children, need to have fun with their children. Parents need to play with their kids. But ultimately, parents, you are the authority, and at necessary times, you must discipline your children. The beginning aspect of raising wise kids is communicating with your kids, disciplining your kids, always in love, and the priorities will be this. The most important aspect of being a wise parent is teaching your children to fear the Lord. The theme throughout Proverbs, over and over and over again, I believe it's 14 times where it says, fear the Lord. Or another way of saying that is having reverent awe for the Lord. Teaching your kids that they have a need for a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is not about raising sweet, little, obedient children who reject their need for God. We want to be parents who raise them to be wise. The beginning aspect of that is teaching them to fear the Lord, to have an understanding that they need, they need a relationship with a living Father. Being a parent is tough. We need to support each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to love our children. We need to delight in our children. We need to discipline our children. Never in anger, always in love. We need help with that. All right, I'm going to keep going on here. Let's talk about just for a few minutes how we, as adult children, relate to our parents. All right, so this is true for all of us as I look around. I think everyone here, primarily college age and above. One of the most interesting things the Bible says about this Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are to love our parents. This is, this is kind of odd and unique, but it makes, it's a new, here's the nuanced truth about the Bible. It doesn't say that children are to love, to trust, obey our parents. It says one word over and over and over again. As adult as adults who have parents that are still living, we are called to honor our parents. All of us here right now are called to honor your parents. Honor has to do with the, the, has the idea of the word of glory, that they have weight, that they have meaning, and that as a 42-year-old, I need to honor my mom, my dad, all of you, Regardless the age of your parents or you, you've moved out of the house, we are all called to honor our parents. Beginning with the Ten Commandments, 
just the foundational truths of the Old Testament, you are told to honor your parents. That is what you're supposed to do. Well, how do we do this? And this is where this is where life where life just becomes real. If you're going to make this happen in your life or not. And this is talking about being inconvenienced again as parents, as children of parents. You are to make time for your parents. Regardless if your parents, and this is where it gets more difficult, maybe your parents just messed up a lot and you have real hurt in your life. You have deep scars in your life because of the way you were raised, because of things that happened in your family. And we know, just even a group this size, not a very large group, but there is tremendous hurt and scar and pain in our lives because of our family dynamics. But that's one of the things that's so nuanced. The nuanced truth about the Bible is that regardless of what's happened in your childhood, you can always honor your parents. Let me give you some help with that as far as what I mean. To honor your parents means you share your life with them. It doesn't mean when your parents are getting elderly and they need more help, you just rush them off to the nursing home because you don't want to deal with them anymore. What a tragedy. What a self-centered tragedy that adult children would do this to their parents. That they're just too busy to take care of their parents. The Bible offers something very unique and powerful. You are always to honor your parents. You are to share your life with them. And this is very convicting for people who think of themselves as very busy, very important. You are to share your life with your parents. Number two, to honor your parents means that you communicate to them the good traits that you've adopted into your life. Regardless of your, of your, uh, your childhood and how your parents were, there, everyone has something that you can communicate with your mom or dad that was a good trait, a valuable trait, that has paid off dividends in your life now. And you need to communicate that to your parents. You honor your parents by sharing your life with them. You honor your parents by stop making the excuse that you're too busy to communicate. You're too busy with your agenda of your own life. Communicate with your parents the things that you've adopted into your life. Number three, a third way to honor your parents is to forgive your parents. If you are living with resentment in your life over your parents, you need to honor your parents by moving on and forgiving them. As a parent now, and all the parents today, it is tough to raise our kids. And we make mistakes. I have made mistakes. As adult children, you need to understand that and forgive your parents and seek to reestablish and honor them. Honor your parents with your time, with a phone call, with a note, to show your love to them. 
It's one of the most important things we can do and one of the most convicting things even in my own life. The book of Proverbs is about acquiring wisdom, about living life well. And if you want to live life well, if you want to set a trajectory in your home of living life well, honor your parents. Model that for your kids. I'm at the stage of life right now where I need to model for my boys that I honor my parents. Even if it's a bother, right? Even if it's a bother, you don't feel like doing that. Proverbs 23, verse 22 says this, Listen to your father who gave you life. Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Do not despise your mother when she is old. Honor your mother when she is old. Honor your father. Proverbs gives real life wisdom, insight on how to live life well. And this alters the way we live. This has a, uh, a tremendous impact. It requires a reorientation of how we want to live our lives. Well, here's how we apply this. We always take the book of Proverbs and we always look at it in the context of the whole Bible. All right, so Proverbs is one book in the Bible. We want to see it in the whole context of the Bible. And the overall context of the Bible is that God sent his son, Jesus, to rescue broken people. And there are times that I am a broken parent. There are times that I am a dishonoring son. And that is why we need Jesus. And that is why the how-to, I've said this almost every Sunday, the how-to is not just making a list of things I'm going to try to do really hard, but it's bringing Jesus back to the center of your life. Proverbs only makes sense when Jesus is at the center of your life. One of the main themes of the New Testament is the theme of adoption. When you become born again, you are adopted into the family of God. You are adopted into a new family where Jesus is at the center. If you want to live life well now as a parent, if you want to raise up wise children, if you want to be an adult child who honors his parents, you understand which family you are a part of. And that is the family of, of Jesus Christ. That is the family of our Heavenly Father. That is what allows a reorientation in your life. Think back just briefly to little kids. Little kids naturally function with themselves at the center of their world. If that is not adjusted or corrected, they just grow up to be self-centered adults. And what happens is, if you live that lifestyle as I did, you soon realize the brokenness of, li of living a lifestyle where you are at the center. The grace of Jesus Christ breaks into your life and establishes not a little tune-up, but a complete overall to who you are with Jesus Christ at the center. And you are now a part of the family of God. And when you understand that you are a part of the family of God, you can then begin to function as a parent who wants to instill wisdom in the lives of their children. You can then function as an adult child who honors his parents. It always starts 
with having Jesus at the center of your life, that is the path of moving forward. My hope this morning is that we would just be encouraged as parents that we would talk to each other, that we would help each other, that we would not view this as a competition, but that we would live our lives with humility, that we would communicate as a church family ways that we can honor our parents. If you have a parent and you haven't spoken to them in a while as an adult, I just encourage you, I challenge you to reach out to them this week, today. Communicate with them the significant things they established in your life. Show them, speak to them, show them the love that they deserve as parents who deserve to be honored. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the book of Proverbs. We thank you for just the reality of life that the Proverbs brings. Father, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would strengthen marriages here this morning, strengthen husbands and wives who are parenting together to raise up godly children, children who will be wise, children who will be loved, children who will be played with, children who, who will be disciplined. Father, I pray that we will delight in our children as you delight in us. Strengthen each family here this morning. Give parents the strength to be the authority in their homes. Father, I pray also that as adult, as adult children here this morning, that we would be a community of people that honor our parents. Father, I pray that we would communicate, share our love, share our lives with our parents. Father, thank you for your son Jesus who came to give us a new way to live. We always move forward with Jesus at the center, following his example. Now people part of the family of God who want to live out earthly families in a way that's honoring to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.